The content of the following program is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, treatment, or cure. Always consult your physician or a health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Ready, set, go! And the truth shall set you free! Welcome to One Life Radio. We are indeed going higher, everyone. Welcome to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette Fiaschetti with Jerry Caldwell. We are broadcasting live from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. Jerry, how you doing? I am feeling totally tubular today. <laughs> totally tubular. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. We've got a fantastic show. I hope everybody's enjoying the holidays. New Year's is just around the corner. We're going to be talking about that at the half. Uh, design Trends for 2023 with James Stanley, uh, you, if you remember him. I think you do, uh, Jerry. He's been on the show a couple of times. Really great guy. He's with James Stanley, uh, New York. Uh, dot com. Can't wait to talk to him. Really great guy. But first up, we have Chris Clues with us. Chris, let me say hi to you before I officially introduce you. How are you? And happy holidays, Chris. Thank you. Happy holidays to you as well. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Uh, oh, absolutely. We are having too much fun with your book, uh, Raised on the 80s. <laughs> And we I'm picked glad out, to hear that. Oh, my gosh. Talk about bringing back memories. Holy jeez. I became I mean, a teenager in the 80s. That's a big decade for me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I was uh, and I was in my early and I was well, I was a mix, you know, uh, but I opened my first restaurant in the 80s in my early 20s. And so I was working a lot and didn't see a lot of these movies that we're going to reference today. But I saw um, several of them afterwards. But uh, but it's great to have you with us. Let me officially introduce Chris Clues, everyone. He is a speaker, author and 80s pop culture expert. He left his corporate career of 20 plus years to become a keynote speaker and author uh, of on the lessons from the 80s pop culture for life and the workplace. Chris's latest book, Raised on the 80s, 30 plus unexpected life lessons from the movies and music that defined pop culture's most excellent decade. I totally agree with that. Is now available. You can find Chris's book at chrisclues.com or Instagram and Facebook at chrisclues 80s. And so, you know, Chris, how did you come to realize that you could build a career around teaching life lessons found in movies and music from the 1980s? Well, uh, actually, I was having a self-pity party of one, um, as you tend to do when you just live with just you and your dog. And so uh, I was having a self-pity party of one, and I was watching The Breakfast Club. I was actually in a job that just wasn't working out for me. I think all of us have probably been there at some point. Mm-hmm. And I had been doing corporate marketing, mm-hmm. as you, you said, for 20-plus years. And I, I really liked marketing, but uh, I felt like there was something else out there for me, You know, just kind of being a pretty good marketing guy my whole life. I, I wanted something more. But I didn't know what that was. And I was home watching The Breakfast Club. I'd seen it 100 times. And Bender says, screws fall out all the time. The world's an imperfect place. Yeah, it is. And I had heard that line a hundred times, but I'd never really listened to it. Mm-hmm. And I kind of sat up and I thought, I'm in an imperfect place. My screws have fallen out. What am I going to do to put them back in? Am I going to put that same set of screws in? And as Henry David Thoreau said, who's not an 80s pop culture icon, maybe 1840s or so, um, the mass of men or the mass of people lead lives of quiet desperation. Uh, was I going to live that life of quiet desperation or was I going to do something else? And I decided I wanted something else. So I, I, I wrote an article uh, for the, for, on LinkedIn that said, you know, basically what, what the Breakfast Club can teach us about problem solving. Mm-hmm. And all of these people responded to it. And I oh, was wow. really surprised. And I thought, maybe I have something here. So I was watching The Outsiders and Johnny Cade said, 
Uh, you still have a lot of time to make yourself be what you want. I was 46 years old, not a 25 or 35-year-old entrepreneur, mm-hmm. 46 years old. And I said, I do still have a lot of time to make myself be what I want. And so I took those two things and I said, I put these new screws in and created a whole new journey for myself. And um, I took that leap of faith and I went out and said, I think there's something here. Um, and this idea of what 80s pop culture can teach us for work and for life. And now I'm talking to you today, three books later on, the, on that very topic and a keynote speaker. Yeah. So you, let's talk about So your first book, what was your first book? What was the title of that? The first book was What 80s Pop Culture Teaches Us About Today's Workplace. And uh, the second book was the same title, but it was, you know, 10 more uh, totally awesome lessons from, uh, for the workplace from uh, 10 more movies. And the series itself is, uh, is called the, uh, the Ultimate Series on Essential Work and Life Lessons from 80s Pop Culture. That encapsulates all three of those books. Mm-hmm. I, I love that you say awesome, totally awesome, like Jeff Spicoli, right? From, uh, my gosh, he is from what movie now? I mean, it just Fast pop- Times at Richmont High. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Spicoli yeah, yeah, yeah. versus Mr. Hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen to you guys. You guys know it well. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, and uh, that was played by uh, Sean Penn, right? Was it Sean Penn? That, yes. That's and he's, right. Yeah. 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 And so, uh, so let's go back to The Breakfast Club because that's one of my favorite movies. Uh, how does The Breakfast Club teach us to be ourselves when in the movie the, each character is presented as part of a certain clique or group such as the brain or the princess or the athlete? How do, what does it teach us, The Breakfast Club, Chris? So it teaches us a lot. And in my newest book, I actually, the last chapter is about The Breakfast Club because I had it in the first book, but the first book is so short. I really didn't, I wasn't sure what was going to happen with all of this. And I didn't do it, give it its due justice or its justice. So I, I have a lesson from each one of the characters. And if we, if we talk about, let's talk about uh, Andrew, the athlete. And at one point, now we look at Andrew and we say, here's this, this kid, he's an athlete, he's a, he's a wrestler, he's a popular kid, he's a good-looking kid. What kind of problems could he possibly have? Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of the outside, right? We don't know what's going on inside with, with everybody that we, we run into in life. And we certainly don't know what's going on in, in their, their home, especially when we're teenagers and we're dealing with our parents. And so he, at one point he says, all of us are a little bizarre. Some of us are just better at hiding it. That's all. And that's a really valuable lesson about just being you. Oh, I agree. The people who love you and like you in your life are going to embrace you. It doesn't really matter what anybody else thinks. You're going to find out really fast who your true friends are and oh, who the yeah. people are that really love you when you just be yourself. And mm-hmm. I think that's what we learned one of the valuable lessons from The Breakfast Club. We see all of them. You're right. They come from different groups, but they ultimately learn so much about each other and how they're a lot more similar than they actually realize. Mm, absolutely. And bubbles are only good for rap, blowing, and baths, right? <laughs> That's right. And that's from Dead Poet Society, actually. Uh, you know, Robin Williams uh, playing John Keating in, the, in Dead Poet Society, the teacher who's teaching these kids at an elite boarding school who have all been kind of put into uh, on a path uh, by their families. You're going to be this, you're going to do that, and you're not going to stray from this path. Mm-hmm. And we all know the Seize the Day Carpe Diem from the breakfast, I'm sorry, from uh, Dead Poet Society. I think yes. people know Carpe Diem, Seize the Day. Mm-hmm. But he says something. Um, at one point, he stands up on his desk with the class in front of him, and he says, I'm going to – basically, he says, I'm going to teach you from up here, uh, standing on this desk, so I can look at things from a different perspective. And he challenges all of the students to get up on the desk and look at the classroom from that perspective, mm-hmm. from a different perspective. And so that's a really important lesson about how we get into our bubbles 
and how we start to look at things just like everybody else looks at them in our little bubble. And I, I say it's a really simple challenge. If you're a Starbucks person, you get coffee at Starbucks, go get your coffee at Dunkin' Donuts one day. You're a Dunkin' Donuts person, go get your coffee at Starbucks one day. Just mix it up a little bit. Mix get it involved up. involved in a different crowd. See a different audience. See a different perspective. Oh, I'm going to try and run the show today while standing on the console. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it would be a different perspective. You well, look at it differently. Maybe I'll stand up and raise the mic here and do the. I'll do the show standing up. I've done that before. <laughs> See, it's, I don't really, know. It's even like simple things. You don't have. It doesn't have to be complicated. You don't have to, you know, go to a different country to get a different perspective. You can literally go get your coffee at Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you, you know the thing I like the most about uh, listening to you, Chris, I love your enthusiasm for life. That's important. Is there one particular movie that, that, you, uh, that you think teaches that lesson about having an enthusiasm for life and learning and just living your best life? Yeah, there's actually so many um, that I talk about with that. I would say that one that would kind of come under the radar a little bit. So this is going to be a movie that isn't as popular as Dead Poets Society and The Breakfast Club and even Fast Times at Ridgemont High, but it's a great, it's one of my top five underrated 80s movies, and it's Vision Quest. Oh, and yeah. You remember that movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And so Matthew Modine plays the main character, Loudon Swain. And for those of you that love yourselves from Jake Ryan from 16 Candles, you get another <laughs> fight at the Jake Ryan Apple because, he, because uh, Michael Shoffley, who played Jake Ryan, plays... Matthew Modine's uh, best friend in the movie Vision Quest. So oh, yeah. More bite of the Jake Ryan apple. Um, so, uh, yes, in that movie, he plays Loudon Swain, Matthew Modine, who's a wrestler in high school. And his senior year, he decides he wants to make his mark, and he is going to drop weight to wrestle the guy who is the, state, the three-time state champion that's never been beaten. His name is Shoot. And he challenges himself. And there's a really valuable lesson in here about marking the time or making your mark. And so many, because he says at the beginning of the movie, I'm going to make, this is the year I make my mark. Yeah. So it's marking the time versus making the mark. It's important to mark our time, anniversaries, birthdays. These things are very, very important in life. These are milestones. Agreed. But really, ultimately, it's about making your mark. What are you going to do to make your mark? And that doesn't mm-hmm. mean becoming mm-hmm. famous. It could yeah. be making your mark in your community. It could be yeah. making your mark with your family. What are you going to do to give back? How do you, what kind of legacy are you going to leave to the people around you? And so that's about embracing life and getting excited about life and getting involved in life at every single level, marking the time versus making your mark. I love that. And I'm going to read a quote out of your book by Elmo from Vision Quest. It ain't the six minutes. It's what happens in that six minutes. Chapter two of your book, Raised uh, on the 80s, 30 plus unexpected life lessons from the movies and music that defined pop culture's most excellent decade by Chris Clues. We're going to go for a quick break. Chris, stay right there. We'll be right back. Everyone stay tuned. You're listening to One Life Radio. If you miss the show, not to worry. You can always catch the podcast after the broadcast at OneLifeRadio.com or your favorite podcast app. Be sweet, barricade. <laughs> In today's environment, books provide the most reliable means for disseminating knowledge. Children's Health Defense Publishing offers titles written by foremost authorities and courageous voices who speak the truth despite criticism and consequences, often at the expense of their careers. Here are the latest must-reads in the fight for truth. The courage to face COVID-19, preventing hospitalization and death while battling the biopharmaceutical complex by true crime writer John Leake and prominent research cardiologist Dr. Peter McCullough. Lies My Government Told Me and The Better Future Coming, 
by Dr. Robert Malone and Cause Unknown, the epidemic of sudden deaths in 2021 and 2022 by former BlackRock fund manager Ed Dowd. Get your copies today at skyhorsepublishing.com and listen to the show every Monday with Mary Holland, president of Children's Health Defense for updates and deep dives into these new releases. That's skyhorsepublishing.com. Back with more positivity pouring out your speakers. It's One Life Radio. guys want to sing? <laughs> Welcome back to One Life Radio, everyone. This is Bernadette with Jerry Caldwell and Chris Clues. We are live, broadcasting live here from Dallas, Texas, and iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. Of course, that was the song by White Snake. Uh, I, they had a couple of really great songs. Everybody agree with that, Chris uh, and uh, Jerry? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, that was... Uh that that video became famous through MTV for sure. Oh yeah, there was there's one song by White Snake. I can't think of the name of it, but it's one of my favorite. I couldn't think of the name of it. It's very romantic, and it builds and it builds and it builds, and then it's got all this orchestration or you know like. Uh, uh, orchestra music uh, that plays when it builds up to it. It's a very um, powerful love song. Talking about in the still of the night. That's it in the still of the night. I love that. Song. Yeah, he plays yeah. the uh, <laughs> he plays the uh, bass guitar with a power drill. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. There's nothing like the '80s, right? We were so lucky to be to be raised on the '80s, weren't we? Which is the name of your book, Chris. And it's so great to have you with us, uh, Chris. Chris Clues, everyone, if you're just now joining us, is a speaker, author, and 80s pop culture expert. He left his corporate career of 20-plus years to become a keynote speaker and the author of The Lessons from the 80s Pop Culture for Life and the Workplace. Chris's latest book, which is what we're discussing today, Raised on the 80s, 30-plus Unexpected Life Lessons at, uh, from the Movies and the Music that Defined Pop Culture's Most Excellent Decade is available now. Go to chrisclues.com or on Instagram and Facebook at chrisclues80s. Okay, so Chris, you know, um, let's go to this. So, you know, for, uh, let's talk about the the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which pretty much everyone I think has seen. I don't care. One of if my you favorite were, movies of all I time. I know, I know, right? Okay, <laughs> what did the, what 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 did that movie teach us about the importance of a work life balance, which so many people struggle with today? Yeah, so you know, the, the obvious lesson there about work life balance or work school balance, depending on where you are in your life, um, about embracing that time off and how important that is. And, and that's kind of the obvious lesson in Ferris Bueller that you need to take that time off. It's really important to take that time away. But there's a deeper lesson in the movie that I think uh, a lot of people miss. And if you remember, uh, Ferris and his girlfriend Sloan are the most positive and optimistic people you would ever want to meet. Mm -hmm. And Cameron Fry, Ferris's best friend, is the most pessimistic guy you could ever meet. In fact, at the beginning of the movie, I think Cameron said, or Ferris is something effective. 
you know, if, if Cameron doesn't loosen up before he gets to college, his roommate's going to kill him. Like he, he really, um, he's really wound tightly. And we find out why later on in the movie, why right. he's so wound, wound so tightly. But there's a really important lesson there about doing things for our friends because Ferris and Sloan could have gone on this day off, his ninth day off of the year. They could have taken that day off and just had a great time. They took a huge risk by bringing uh, Cameron along. But the reason that they did that is because we help a friend, we help ourselves in the process. Mm -hmm. They recognized that Cameron needed it more than they did. And they were willing to risk that day being ruined by Cameron's attitude because they recognized that he needed it more than they did. And maybe, just maybe, if they took him on this day off and they showed him what life could be like, Mm. If he would just embrace it a little bit, they got him away. And sure enough, at the end of the movie, we find out, hey, there's some real issues with Cameron and his dad. I would have loved to see like a little short film afterwards, like what mm-hmm. happened with his relationship there. But he recognizes it only because he takes that day off with Ferris and Sloan. He's willing to do that, uh, even though they have to drag him out of bed to do so. It's my ninth sick yeah. day this year. If I go for 10, I'm going to have to bark up a lung, so I better make this one count. <laughs> I can quote that movie. Yep. Absolutely. Fantastic oh movie. Yeah, it is. All these movies are so great. And, and, and the 80s movies, just the 80s, the music, everything was so great. Um, and so what do the 80s movies have uh, that 90s and the 2000 movies don't, Chris? Oh. <laughs> I'm really glad you asked that question uh, because, you know, I, I, I really try hard to say, okay, well, I grew up in the 80s. My formative years from age 10 to 19, everything I did for the first time in my life, good, bad, or indifferent, were in the 80s. So I have a little bit of bias to the 80s. I try to remove that a little bit, and I think if I'm coming at this from a completely different perspective, what is is it about 80s pop culture? And I think what it is is it was the last decade where pop culture wasn't manufactured. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, I kind of look like I look at the 80s pop culture and I say it was like somebody took a glitter bomb and threw it against the wall and it exploded with all these wonderful colors. And that was 80s pop culture. Uh, <laughs> at that, that is a fantastic that time, way to explain well, that. It is. Definitely. <laughs> well, I mean, that's how I see it visually when I think about it in, in the context of all of the pop culture. And the thing is, like, I feel like the creators of pop culture in the 80s would create something. They would put it out there and it would say, hey, do you like this? And we'd say, yeah, we like it. And they'd say, okay, great, we'll make more of it. Or we'd say, no, nah, we're not really, we're not really digging that. And they'd say, okay, let's try something else. Which mm-hmm. is why we had all those one-hit wonders. After the '80s, they would, I felt like they just created stuff in a lab, and they spent all this money creating it to the point where they have to hammer us over the head until we like it to get their money back. And yeah. that's just kind of <laughs> how I see pop culture now. I kind of think that that the way stuff looked, for lack of a better term, like the way sets on live TV programs mm-hmm. looked and everything in the 80s, it was all these big, you know, big, blocky, you know, brightly colored things. And then you go to the 90s and it's like like January 1, 1990, bam, everything's black and white and silver mm-hmm. and very streamlined and very, very defined. And it just... It was an immediate change, and you could yeah. see it visually. Yeah. Well, you know, at, at the half, you know, with James Stanley, we're going to be talking about trends for 2023. And, you know, why do we, why do we follow? Why do, you, why do you guys think we follow trends? Why are we all such followers? <laughs> so many of us. <laughs> well, there's really good marketing people out there. <laughs> and uh, honestly, there's really good marketing and really good advertising that drives so much of what we consume. And again, more so today than there ever has been. I mean, I, I'm not going to be, uh, uh, you know, I, have to, I can't be biased here and say there wasn't that in the 80s as well. I mean, Saturday morning cartoons were designed specifically around 
uh, the cereal commercials, was, uh, commercials <laughs> that were targeting us as kids. <laughs> Selling cereal, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, they sure don't make Maytags like they used to in the 80s. <laughs> Or refrigerate nothing. I mean, things have changed. And I, you know, oh, my gosh, we you'll have to come back. There's so much we could talk about on this and just elaborate. The book is so great. Raised on the 80s is what we're talking about. If you're just now joining us with Chris Clues. okay. so, you know, uh, are there what 80s movies life lessons stick with you the most, Chris? Which ones? Yeah. So I'm going to give you one that's really important to me. And it comes from Dead Poet Society again. And it's a, a line that uh, John Keaton Rubbo's character says to the kids. He says, no matter what anybody tells you, words and ideas can change the world. Mm-hmm. And it's a really important line. And it's even more important today because back in the 80s, my community newspaper was the only way for me to get my words and ideas out. Maybe 13 people right. read it. Now, in our palm of our hand, we can get our words and ideas out to the world. It's the great equalizer. You don't have to right. be a politician or a world leader or celebrity or an athlete to get your words and ideas out to the world. But that's, that's talking the talk. you got to walk the walk. And for me, walking the walk, taking action, in other words, is animal rescue. Sitting at my feet or laying, sleeping at my feet right now is my 80-pound uh, pit mix rescue Bodie, Bodie boy. Uh, <laughs> Bodie's named after Patrick Swayze's character in Point Break, not an 80s movie, but I, I love Patrick Swayze. So. Yeah. Um, and uh, so Animal Rescue is my thing, and I donate a portion of the proceeds from my book sales and my speaking gigs to Wonder Paul's Rescue, which is the rescue that saved Bodie. I didn't and know so that. that. Yeah, so that, that is, is near and dear to my heart. Awesome. That is awesome. Well, I have a, my own private animal rescue right here. Right now I have two foster dogs that I, we have Marie and I rescued right before the cold snap and the holidays. Uh, and uh, But, you know, I, I have, I, I've always rescued animals. That's one of the reasons I do One Life Radio, so we can have Furry Fridays. I'm, it's so important to me because I really do feel as a society, and I'm sure you'll agree, Chris, how we treat our animals is very indicative of how we treat one another and the future of our world. A hundred percent. I mean, it's absolutely 100 percent. There is a direct correlation to that. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And so I've, I grew up in a family that always had rescues. It was ingrained in me. And uh, I got this Aww. guy, you know, August of 2020. And, and I had I didn't, didn't know how much I was going to need him. Um, of course, we never really do until uh, seven months later. I had a couple things happen in my life quickly. I uh, my girlfriend at the time, I, I kind of knew she had a different journey that she needed to take. And so she took bought an RV and she took off and she lives on the coast of Oregon now. I was very happy for her because everybody has a different life journey and, and she needed to take that one. I never want to get in the way of anybody's journey. So I was very happy for her, but it was hard for me in March of 2021. And then in uh, April of 2021, my stepmom was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. She passed away three weeks later. And then oh. my mom passed away from Alzheimer's in July of 2021. Wow. So my life was like a country song. <laughs> um, but all along, I had my dog with me, Bodie Boy. And yeah. Bodie just, you know, he just was able to make me happy just, just by looking at me. He changed I can relate. Um, yeah. how I was feeling. So there's Man, so I understand that one. We all under. We're such animal lovers on One Life Radio. I mean, it's deeply ingrained in all of us. We... We, I mean, it's really, and, and I love to talk about it, though. I mean, and just looking, I, I, my, one of my latest rescues, Henry, I can relate to what you just said. When I look into Henry's eyes, everything in the world's okay, you know? Just having him by my side, all my dogs, but especially my Henry, he's just, he's a very special dog. And he, you know, came from the street, uh, he, he, where he came from where the other two were that I just rescued. And I have another one I have to get, uh, two that I have to get off the street. Two girls a couple of weeks ago, and now two boy dogs, but or male dogs, but... um. 
But yeah, but Henry makes the world a better place, as all animals do. And I, I just love talking about that. I know we're a little off topic, but it's but it's good, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that's one of that's one of the lessons in my book. It's so important, and it's why I feel like I need to. You know, that's how I'm going to give back. That that is ultimately going to be my legacy. Um, it's yeah. really important to me. Well, I know that one of the things that you wanted to talk about, about life lessons from your book, uh, and uh, it was the one, uh, where is it? It's uh, about confident people, oh, that co- yeah. confident people question <laughs> themselves. Can we talk about that? And that arrogant, arrogant people question others. I really related to that as well. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yes. So it's from a movie, Trading Places. Uh, Eddie Murphy, Jamie Lee Curtis, Dan Aykroyd. I mean, if you haven't seen the movie and I say those three names, you should probably go see it. Um, It's a quintessential Christmas movie. Yes. It is a Christmas (laughs) movie, just like Die Hard, yes. And and Gremlins is a Christmas movie as well, but that's a whole other other rabbit hole we go down. (laughs) You and I are going to get along. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Green Places, um, fantastic movie. In short, you know, Eddie Murphy plays this really brilliant con man. um, And uh, uh, Dan Aykroyd plays Louis, Louis Winthorpe, who's also... A con man, in a certain extent, to a certain extent, he's a commodities broker. So uh, they switch places. I, you know, I won't get into how it happens. But the the day of uh, the uh, Billy Ray Valentine, who's played by Eddie Murphy, the day of her first day on the job as a commodities broker, he's been a con man his whole life. You know, he looks at Coleman, the butler, and he says, "What if I can't do this job? What if I'm not what they expected?" And Coleman says, "Just be yourself, sir. They can't take that away from you." And if that was all we needed to know, that's a great mm-hmm. lesson, right? Just be yourself. But there's oh, a deeper yeah. lesson here about the idea of confident people question themselves and arrogant people question others. Uh, you only grow and get better if you continue to question yourself. Once you stop questioning yourself, I mean, where are you going to go? Like either yeah. you've decided you're perfect or you're going to start questioning other people. And that's mm-hmm. where arrogance comes from. It's never mm-hmm. my fault. I didn't, it wasn't my responsibility. You know, take responsibility for, you know, especially in the workplace when we're working with teams, like step up and take, take responsibility. It's okay if it, if it actually wasn't something that you did wrong, but if you step up and take responsibility and say, let's fix this, um, that's what confident people do. Arrogant people point fingers. And uh, we talk about imposter syndrome. If you, you know, today imposter syndrome, somebody gets a job and they say, you know, why me? Why did I get this job? Why didn't somebody else? Because you earned it. Mm-hmm. That's why. It's yeah. okay. But, you know, then also to question yourself and say, what can I do to be better? Mm-hmm. A better human being, better at my job. Whatever it is, better, you know, husband, wife, father, brother, sister, whatever that is, always question yourself. That's what confident people do. And you're and you not, it's not a lack of confidence to question yourself at all. Mm, I love that. I do. You know, uh, we're, we're, we've only got a couple more minutes, so I want to ask a fun question. And Chris, you're welcome back anytime. This has been really great having you with us today. But if you were on a desert island with a VCR player and one movie, oh, what no. would it be? Chris, you go, or Jerry, you go first and then Chris. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, me? Oh yeah. Um, okay, you, uh, you want a minute to think about it? I think Chris probably already knows. <laughs> yeah. So this is a really tough question, but I will throw out there the one movie that I think is just quintessential '80s. If somebody said you need a time capsule with one '80s movie that represents the '80s in so many ways, and for me it would be Roadhouse. Mm. Roadhouse. Okay, Jerry, are yeah. you ready? Okay, I'll go. Leap, okay. <laughs> I'll give you another minute. Mine would be Field of Dreams. I love that movie. I love the message from it. Uh, I, I just think that, you know, sometimes you have to make bold choices. And if you build it, they will come, right? <laughs> I've experienced it many times in my life. Uh, but Field of Dreams is, would be, would be my, my top choice. Great okay, choice. Jerry, the pressure's on. What's it going to be, boy? 
Uh, it's a very close toss-up uh, between uh, Lethal Weapon and Die Hard, but I think Lethal Weapon. Ah, Lethal That's Weapon. I, too. Yeah. I thought you were going to say Die Hard. And see how, now guys, is it typical that guys pick like guy movies and girls pick girl flicks? Like if it was, if we were talking about the 90s, mine would have to be Legally Blonde. I am the Elle Woods. <laughs> Well, it's, 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 I love all the John Hughes movies, but there was something about, I mean, yes, it was an action movie, and it was the action movie that began to define what modern action movies look like today, but, you know, there's a lesson to be learned there from, from Riggs, and, yeah. and you know, Murtaugh being his, his perfect foil, but, you know, Riggs was, Riggs was dealing with some stuff, mm-hmm. yeah. and mm-hmm. yet yep. he still figured out, with the help of Murtaugh, kind of not really pushing him, but more like shoving him along. You know, he figured yeah. it out. I love it. Well, and I was wrong. It wasn't the 90s. It was 2000s, I think, that uh, Legally Blonde came out. I'll have to check oh, when, I, yeah. when I go to break. Yeah, great I, movie, though. Great, It's a great Road chick out, flick. Roadhouse would be mine just because Patrick yeah. Swayze and also it, it just, there's so much, it has the right balance of awesomeness and cheesiness, yeah. which is so much of what made a great 80s movie. Yeah. Well, and my favorite quote from Legally Blonde is, if you're going to let one stupid prick bring you down, you're not the girl I thought you were. (laughs) 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 And I'll leave you all with that. Chris, it's been so great having you on the show, and I hope you'll come back. Take care and have a wonderful 2023. Happy New Year to you. Thank you. Stay rad, everybody. All right. Stay rad. rad. Totally awesome. All right. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. You are listening to One Life Radio. Follow us on social media at One Life Radio. Centuries before scientists identified the incredible nutritive value of beef liver, our ancestors naturally revered it for the energy and vitality it provides. But most people today find liver's health benefits much more appealing than its flavor. That's why our partner EnviroMedica offers a superior New Zealand grass-fed beef liver supplement. All the complex benefits of this ancient powerhouse superfood in modern, easy-to-swallow capsule form. Find out how to rewild yourself for optimum health at EnviroMedica.com. That's EnviroMedica.com. Crazy Waters benefits have a history that runs deep. The legend is that in 1881, a woman who suffered from dementia would sit by the well and drink the mineral water all day long. People began to notice that the woman was not so crazy anymore. Had the well gotten rid of her crazies? The well became known as the Crazy Well and people from all over flocked to this magical place. Back in 1904, the famous mineral water company began bottling and distributing its mineral water. The benefits of these minerals all feed your body and mind what it craves. It's a natural sports drink without all the disruptive artificial flavors and sugars. You can find Crazy Water by visiting their website, drinkcrazywater.com. That's drinkcrazywater.com. Want to advertise on One Life Radio? Send us an email, info at oneliferadio.com. Contagiously positive. One Life Radio is back. (laughs) Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to One Life Radio. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. This love is, this song. I do, too. I know. I love it. I just love the 80s music, and I'm sure James Stanley does, too. I'm getting ready to introduce him here in just a second, but we are broadcasting live from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. James, are you there? I am, Bernadette. So good to have you. Yeah, so good to have you on the show. It is, and happy yeah. holidays, and we've got the new Thank year you. coming. 
Yeah, it's, I love to. I've got so many cool things. I hope we get to, uh, the time to share. But, uh, but uh, you know, for everyone out there listening, if you haven't uh, heard James on the show before, James Stanley is the principal and founder of James Stanley New York, a boutique architectural design firm in Tribeca, New York. James's unique vision is backed by 12 years of hands-on experience. He has built his career and success around authentically being himself and meeting his clients where they are. Uh, James's creativity and attention to detail can be seen at the plaza. Tiffany and Co. Uh, and throughout residential homes in the Los Angeles, Miami, and New York markets. His website is jamesstanleyny.com. That's jamesstanleyny.com or on Instagram at jamesstanleyny. Always a pleasure to have you with you t- with us. So, you know, we're talking today about design trends for 2023. But before we do, I want to know about your holiday decor, James. I'm just dying to know oh. how did you decorate your home for the holidays <laughs> this year? <laughs> I went nuts for an dead you know it's my favorite time of year magical creative oh, yeah. and i'm on creative oh, yeah. overload i didn't do one tree i didn't do two i did five trees oh, wow. with all different themes and looks and feels from black to white to upside down to the photo <laughs> tree you and i discussed last year love it to you know we, i did it i just did it Oh my gosh! So how did you do the upside down tree? Did you did you suspend it from the ceiling? I did in front of, in front of wow. my studio. I did a ten foot birch tree and painted it tan with black and tan <gasps> presents in a sleigh. It looks phenomenal. I encourage anybody oh, to do an upside down tree and just go nuts with color if you want to. I'm doing it next year. I'm going to if I'm alive an upside down tree. <laughs> exactly. I will be. <laughs> Yeah. But, you know, uh, do, do you prefer, I, mean, I, I guess you just answered my question, do you prefer uh, traditional holiday colors or do you branch out with non-traditional holi- holiday trends Excellent or ideas? <laughs> I love, you know, guys, I love it all. I love, you know, we did a red and green tree. My partner loves all that, so we do that every year. But, you know, I, I wanted to just kind of explore, you know, how to connect positively to something that may be not so traditional. So we did a black tree could you imagine i spray painted it so i repurposed oh, I the green cool. tree and i spray painted it black and and we did all these really hot cool presents underneath as far as colors pink and blue and greens and it just it really looked magical so i love both there's something uh something for everyone so to speak yeah. you know well, and you can get very creative, and I'm going to be a little braggadocious here for just a moment. My oldest daughter, Vincenza, a couple of years ago came up with a brilliant idea, and you guys are going to love this. Jerry, you're going to love this, too, being the astrobiologist that you are. <laughs> she decided she wanted to do a solar system tree. So um, we did all the planets. She handmade them out of foam balls, and then all the asteroids and the stars were the smaller accent pieces, and at the top of the tree was the sun. And I have to tell you, it was it was gorgeous it was absolutely it simple that sounds but pretty cool isn't that cool Very as nerdly. heck yeah isn't no that what the holidays are about they should be about expressing yourself in a positive way creating a positive vibe that's an awesome story yeah, no, I, and she's so creative. And that's the thing. We, we are all creative, though, is the point. We all, you just have to kind of let your creativity go, right? And step exactly. outside the norm of, of traditional holiday colors. Like my colors this year uh, were pink. I found some cute little pink stuff, little pink Santas. And I, I have this one center point of my home. And I, you know, accented it with stuff I already had, like big silver, um, like cones that were trees. And just kind of mixed it up. So it was like pink and silver. And then my tree tipped over last minute. The dogs knocked oh. it over, James. Uh, and <laughs> and Check I was 
<laughs> so I, I I actually got a live tree for the first time in many, many years. Um, I got it on sale for $70 because it was just a few days before Christmas, and it was a $279, um, uh, what do they call it, noble fur, nine feet. And it, okay. we, and it was gorgeous. You know, you got to go with the I'm flow, sure. though, too, right? Agreed. No, no, totally. I mean, you know, even with it, you know, what's funny is I've always wanted to do a tree that kind of looked like it fell down, almost like a stage set. But have the, have the, I know. Well, that's what she did, right? You I, said it I, fell I, over and you just kind of throw all the ornaments at it? Right, yeah. exactly. And she's like, oh, that's what it was supposed to be. Well, but it could I, be kind of cool, you know? Yeah, no, I almost left it there and thought, you know what? But I, then I found someone said, hey, Burn, I found a tree. They're all on sale. It's great, you know. Why don't we go get one? I was like, okay. But yeah. I was I was ready to leave it on the floor and just put the press. The Jackson Pollock Next of Christmas year, trees. Really like I fell down, I'm telling you. <laughs> I'll start a trend. Banksy oh would be proud. Oh, geez. Exactly. Well, you know, uh, on your website, James, you describe your company as an architectural interior design firm. Does that mean that you design a space from the ground up, structure and all, or do you go in as is and work from there? I know. So we, we, to your first point, we are an architectural design firm. So it's basically design build and everybody kind of hybrids and throws that term around and most of them are architecture firms that sub out their construction or their interior design we actually own the construction company interior design and architectural design in-house so it is mm. to nuts cradle to grave and i find that my clients really value that because we get that we sit and really listen you know, people will tell you what they want. You just need to listen for it, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and really, we take that all the way from the start to the finish. You don't have the, you know, the architect fighting with the design firm that's outsourced with the contractor that's oh, outsourced, yeah. and then the clients get caught in the middle of all of that, right? Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. yeah, we uh, we do it cradle to grave. Wow. Have you ever taken a structure and redone, redone it? I'm asking for my own personal. <laughs> I have these two portachets that were poorly uh, art to art. Uh, yeah. I can't even say the word that were that architecturally there you go architecturally poorly designed and they need to be redone and there's steel beams underneath them I'm thinking about just making them raw Uh, but you know maybe in a few months might be asking you to come to Dallas and take a look (laughs) listen I'm down for it (laughs) oh my gosh most of our work in the city especially are you know renovations so we take existing structures uh-huh. Most of our work, I would say 75% of it. And, you know, we redo it according to either combining homes or, you know, stripping them down or just coming in there and doing cosmetics is something that we do as well. And stripping beams, that is something that I love to do. Wow. Well, maybe we'll work together. Uh, but yeah. it's, it's fun to talk about. It is uh, because sometimes architects do make mistakes. A, a design when you're building a custom home, you know, you, you totally. what, what looks good on paper okay. might not look good or be uh, the perfect design. What happened is water got in there. And so it, it, it destroyed all the stucco. And I redid the stucco only to have it happen again. So clearly, I, it needs, yeah, yeah, it's been, yeah, it's been. I'm, yeah, so sorry nightmare. to hear that. I can, yeah. I can tell you that you said such a mouthful when what looks good on paper or what works on paper and what actually works in the field are two entirely different things. Yeah. And, you know, a recommendation if, you're, if your architect does not have construction experience, and some do and some don't, you'd be surprised. You automatically think, oh, this guy knows or, or she knows construction, but they may not know. And mm-hmm. you need somebody that kind of uh, can answer those questions very clearly and have a vision for how do we build this, not just what looks great on paper. You know, right? Yeah, I built a model can... of it out of Legos and toothpicks. It should be all right. 
Exactly. A little super glue and we're all good. Well, you know, for people, <laughs> that's funny. What's the name? I, I just discovered this new glue where you put two different epoxies together and it's, I can't think of the name of it right now, but. Uh, I love the, the bond. Two-part epoxy? Bonding. They, I they love got, it. Yeah, the, there's a guy here in actually in Texas that invented it. I have to go downstairs and look in my drawer, but uh, but I was going to fix the tree with that, and it didn't. Uh, it, I never did because it, it just it was it was structurally it was, it was yeah. It, yeah it was too much for it. But yeah. anyway, um, but you know to switch gears, well you know what? Let's go to break right now because when I come back, I want to talk about all everything that's uh, going you what you would like to see go away in twenty twenty three. So we're going to talk about it. <laughs> Design Trends with James Stanley. Stay tuned, everyone. You are listening to One Life Radio. You're listening to One Life Radio. Make sure you check out our podcast and get to know the show at oneliferadio.com. We're back. More of One Life Radio starts now. Welcome back to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette Biaschetti with Jerry Caldwell and James Stanley. We are continuing our live broadcast here from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. We are talking about uh, design trends for 2023 with James Stanley. He is the principal and founder of James Stanley New York, a boutique architectural design firm in Tribeca, New York. You can find him at jamesstanleyny.com or on Instagram at jamesstanleyny. Okay, so what trends would you like to see go away in 2023, James? Oh, geez. I'm so going to get in trouble here, Bernadette. Um, <laughs> Just <laughs> so, go you know, for it. <laughs> I, I, exactly. I'm going to say lightly. You know, um, the thing that I, I really think is over because we have so many other materials that are so much better, your standard granite countertops in your kitchens mm. or in your bathrooms, you know, the speckled ones that are these, you know, odd beige colors. Today's world, you can get rid of all that. And you've got some great alternatives that are so much better, so much more durable, and they look gorgeous. So mm. I would say standard granite countertops. And can we maybe move on from that gray and white combination paints? <laughs> like, maybe, you know, <laughs> like if I see one more home, it's all white with gray accents. I'm just, I'm going to like, okay, guys, it was great five years ago, but let's move on. You know? Well, what would you put in, in place? Well, I do. So I do a lot of white on white. So I have to admit, I, I love white as, a, white as a base color in a home uh-huh. or yeah. in a kind of room. But I, instead of the grays, I'd like to go in maybe off-whites and then really warm it up with some beautiful jewel tones, maybe some mm. bold accents, Excellent. maybe even some earth tones, you know? Yeah. Those are my favorites. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I, uh, I, yeah I'm yeah, i thinking about this one wall in my house. I'm trying to get not get off topic here. But, you know. Uh, <laughs> Tires <laughs> El, are screeching. Yeah, I know. So Al uh, <laughs> Decor listed their top design trends for 2023, and we wanted to get your thoughts on a few of them, like maximalism. Um, but make it modern. What is, I'm, I'm guessing maximalism, uh, maximalism means just every, everything goes, the more the better. But what does it mean to you? Well, uh, um, it's not really, so that's a misinterpretation, right? Maximalism, I have loved for a long time. You know, it's, it's not the opposite of minimalism. It's actually adding to, but not adding everything in the kitchen sink. Think of layering. Think of, oh. you know, sofa pillows that, uh, you know, you layer your pillows with your throws, with different textures on them. So a leather with a fur, with a pattern. So you're layering these different things together to elevate yeah. the minimalism, but you're That's not going over the top. A lot with color, a lot with your artwork. So you're layering the room, so to speak. Yeah, that's what I do. So I guess I'm already on trend. 
I've been doing that for years. <laughs> That's just the exactly. way I live. You know, right. I, I, I love mixing it up and, and every aspect exactly. of my life. So let me ask you this, James, is how you, is your home indicative of your personality? So if somebody is like a really staunch, you know, uh, minimalist, does that mean they're really uptight? <laughs> I don't know that I sure, can answer sure. that. I could tell you they do kind of go hand in hand, though. Mm, interesting. Yeah, well, from, from my experience, at least. Mm. Well, you know, I, I have to share this with you real quick. And it was from The New Yorker. And I thought of you the minute that I saw it. It's a poem written by Cantha Polite, I believe is how you pronounce it. It's called Brown Furniture. And I'm not the best poetry reader, but I'll go through this quick, quickly. But it says, don't throw out that old chair. Someone said yes there. Listened to Brahms while it rained. Fell asleep over Das Kapital. Told a small child about King Alfred and the cakes. Don't be fooled by the dining table. Discreetly silent under its green cloth. Momentous events occurred there, all of which it remembers perfectly. A terrible silence was broken over cake, and three ants sang a song about Romania. Not your ants not important they were there your living rooms still making history all night the sofa gossips with the turkish carpet which boasts the glass-fronted bookcase about the fantastic voyages of its youth these things remember so that we can forget who will love the old if not the old by katha polite what'd you think about that i thought of you i am in awe of you that was <laughs> phenomenal you took me on a journey visually and through my sound wow uh, I, I'm in love with that, and I agree totally. I totally yes. agree with all of that. You know, yeah. We, I mean, we have we have this, uh, you know, these, these items in our home that tell a story, and they should always tell a story, regardless of modern or old. Absolutely. But uh, you know, I have a thing for vintage. You know that. So I, I love vintage shopping and vintage things. So I'm all for it. You know, well, I, I'm, I'm the same way. And if you, I think that you know, you just have to. Um, I think it takes time. You know, you don't have to be, people are in a hurry to do everything. That includes decorating their home. Sometimes, like I told you about the chandelier, it took me seven years to find this chandelier that yeah. to put in, in, in this one area of my home. And when I saw it, I knew immediately that's the one I want. And it wasn't as expensive as you might think. In fact, it was probably about a third of what I thought I was going to pay for it um, because it was such a big space. But um, but you, we have to take our time, right, and find pieces that have meaning and then incorporate them into our living space. Would you agree I, with that? I, I, you know, Bernadette, I 100% agree with that. And also... To piggyback on that, you know, it's, we're, we shouldn't be in a rush. It is our home. It's, it is our safe space. It, it should reflect us. And if we're emotionally connecting to it, then, yes, take your time. And it's never really over. I know some of my clients or friends or people that I know think, oh, I'm going to, you know, decorate this space or design it, and I'm done. But, you know, I, you leave me in any room too long, I'm going to take everything and turn it upside down. Yeah, so yeah. it's always a journey that we're on to rediscover the old, the new, switch things out. It doesn't mean you're constantly buying things, but switch them around. And if it takes you six months or six years to find the perfect light fixture that makes you smile and say, that's the one, mm -hmm. then that's awesome. You know? Well, and the journey makes it so much fun. I mean, let's face that it, we all exactly, work so yeah. we all work so hard for the money that we earned, uh, and Agreed. and we need to spend it wisely. And I I don't know, I just I love to decorate too. It's fun. It's a process. It's a journey. And um, it definitely you, is. It's a creative it, outlet. You know, it, absolutely realize it yeah yeah and yeah, it doesn't have sure. to be expensive you could find like a really cool shower curtain that changes your whole bathroom at target if if, if like my mom used Agreed. to say if, if you've got good taste you can shop anywhere <laughs> at thrift shop i can't tell you how many home items i found especially for the holidays in oh, thrift yeah. shops love the thrift shops everywhere yeah for sure yeah.
Yeah, and you can get some really good deals too. But, you know, to go back to this L Decor listed their top design trends for 2023. It says that green will be the accent color of choice. Again, I'm already there. That's one of my big accent colors in my home. But uh, is that true? What do you think about green? (laughs) I've seen green for the last year or two, and it's I think it's going strong into 23. And I... I enjoy the color. I use it a lot in bathroom tile work, uh, the different shades of greens, mm-hmm. also in accent walls, like in your kitchen or bedrooms or hallways. It's really beautiful from light to dark. So I think it's it's here for a while, and I think you could use it in all sorts of ways, but de- even kitchen cabinetry. I've huh. installed so many islands that are a really beautiful emerald green or a light sage green that I can't even tell you. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. Yeah. Well, it says here that a move towards transparent touches. What are that? What's a transparent touch, James? What does that mean? Something that you've probably already been doing for years, and I incorporated (laughs) most of my designs, is translucent materials is mainly what it's talking about. So think Ah. of like acrylics or glass tables or even alabaster in your light fixtures, trying to make maybe a smaller space look bigger or Uh big furniture items look smaller if they're glass or translucent. Uh, we even introduce it when we do indoor-outdoor feelings, like oversized windows or glass doors, bringing the outdoors in. It's a translucent touch. Mm, wow. Yeah, no, I love that. That well, My, my whole back, some, sometimes you come to Dallas, you have to see uh, see my home. It's, it's, uh, I'm it's coming. Great. I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> I have to earn the money yet to, for, for the redo on the on the portaches. I have to earn that yet. So it might be a few okay. months, but uh, okay. or maybe the end of the year. But but uh, what what are some of your favorite colors this year, James? You know, I'm I'm absolutely in love with all the burnt oranges and coppers that are really coming in. All of those mm. earthy tones that mm-hmm. uh, really make you feel like cocooning. But I, I'm in love with them. And the browns are back, guys. I mean, you mentioned, uh, you know, brown earlier in your yeah. poem, I believe. And yeah, brown it, furniture. You know, <laughs> browns are big trends. And, and I love, I mean, imagine this gorgeous brown room, maybe in chocolate, with a lot of light tans and light browns and different textures in it. it makes you just feel like you just want to curl up and go to sleep in it, you know? Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Would you agree with this quote by India Mad- Mahadavi? I believe I'm saying it right. Mahadavi. Uh, it says a house is like a portrait. And in the end, the place has to look like the person living in it. 110%. That is my <laughs> ethos and my company. When I tell you People, you know, I do have clients that say, you know me well, just design it. But I want to, you know, if I were to design your home, Bernadette, I want your family, your friends to come and say, oh, I see Bernadette everywhere. I don't want them to say, oh, it looks gorgeous, but who lives here? That makes, for me, no sense. So, yes, it should absolutely reflect your personality. And, And don't listen to what people or the trends are saying. Do what you love and how you feel because that's what home is. I love it. I wish we had more time. It's always great to have you on the show, James. And I look forward to meeting you in person in 2023. And Me too. Happy New Year to you and everyone in, your, in you. your circle. Yes. Thank you. All right. Bye, it's guys. Bubbles for everyone. <laughs> All right, everyone. James Stanley. You can find him at jamesstanleyny.com or on Instagram at jamesstanleyny. James, thank you so much. Jerry Great job on the music today, as always. Thank you very much. And your input. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around every once in a while, you could miss it. That's right. Yep. Stop and smell the roses. (laughs) All right. We're going to wrap this up. You get one body, you get one mind, and you get one life. Get out there today and smell the roses. (laughs) 